When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. another episode of do you think just bought it which is the podcast where we talk about what we just bought and what you might need to buy next and i'm here with my guest emily ferris emily hi you are a writer you're a content creator you're a mom you're doing it all she does a lot of parenting writing she does a lot of e-commerce writing which is of course right up the alley of do you think just bought it she knows how to online shop she's launching a podcast with Acast in and just we're now down to the weeks in October called Mother Mother. And Emily, I'm effing excited to have you here. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. Um, I, I have this little podcast booth that I built to record my own podcast, but also I feel like the pandemic broke my brain. So I'm I'm like, I feel like I'm coming in really fresh here, like starting over with talking in public and talking to people. So uh so I don't ask me any hard questions. Emily. Don't ask me what books I've read lately. Oh no, I don't. I've never. What's a book? I've never. No math. No, no math. math. No math. I mean, that was pandemic or not. I would, was hoping no one would ask me any math questions. I'm. I love your setup. Emily's making it look so profesh. She's in a little makeshift uh, podcast studio. Emily, if you don't know, um, has a blog, The Boozy Bungalow. She is like an expert DIYer. She's like a decor extraordinaire. I am not. She just goes, oh my God, I can't believe you hold your microphone. And I'm like, yeah, because I love to move while I talk. But honestly, the answer is I don't know how to rig up a microphone. And I'm not, it's not, it's not going to happen this year. 2022, maybe. 2021, no. I cannot. Maybe I'll send you a gift as of a microphone boom stand. Who would set it up for me though, Emily? That's the problem. Mm. It would sit there. It would. I would literally scotch tape it to the wall and be like, "Is this not it? Is this? Is this not it? Is this not how it works?" I'll text you through it at two in the morning. (laughs) Please, we'll both be awake. I cannot believe we are on the precipice of my favorite time of year. What I consider the the downhill but the fun that like the sledding downhill of the year which is like what once I make it to mid-September I always say September 12th you got to get through September 11th it always makes me so sad um and then once that that whole all those memories I watch all the documentaries because I'm a crazy person once all of that is behind, well, I watch all of them too all of I them. love them all- I cry ever I watched I caught the end of one this morning that I had been like I watched half of it was the babies of 9-11, the 2020 Diane Sawyer. Oh, God. I couldn't. I could not watch that. I was just sobbing. And I was like, what am I doing? It's like 545. I woke up to like get a little movement in to like clean my office. And I'm just sitting on the floor sobbing, watching a 9-11 special. And we'll talk about that later. But that's called ADHD. And yes, I don't know. We're just at my favorite time of the year, which is like it's about to get cool out. And we're going to wear some sweaters and we're going to light some candles and we're going to bake some shit. And forget I live in California where it's 100 degrees. But, like, 
Oh my God, it's almost 2022. Like what happened to that this is, year? I don't know. When I say last year, I'm still talking about 2019. 100%. So no idea. No I've idea. I've lost now a year and a half. But I woke up this morning in Kansas City. Yes. Went outside. It's sweater weather here. Okay. I mean, it was this morning. It's now like it's violence. Like, uh, it's like again. violence for you to say that to me on my own goddamn podcast, Emily. Wait, you're the one who chose to live in LA. I, you could... Mom, is that you? Mom, is that you? (laughs) Infiltrating. I just got back from visiting my parents in New York. Of course, when you go to New York in September, you know, you you forget. And I lived in New York for 10 years. And I lived in New York for the other entire lifetime of my life before that because I grew up there. But uh, I lived there as an adult for 10 years. You go in September and you forget. You did? Yeah. I moved there when I was 18. (gasps) So I was there for September 11th. I don't like to talk about it a lot, oh but I was God. like, Jesus, I, was, I actually quit my job like eight blocks from the trade center at 1130 the night before. You know, I read your post about crazy. that and now it's coming yeah. back to me. And I was like, holy shit. Those stories are the yeah. ones that I'll link to it yeah. because we don't have to talk about it. It's like too, it's like too much yeah. to have like a 9-11 okay. themed yeah. episode. And yes. I think you know that I will link to Emily's post that she wrote about it, but it stopped me in my tracks because I'm sure like many of you, it, there are so many stories of the like people who were like, you know, I had jury duty or I didn't feel good or my kid was late or I was fighting with my husband or I forgot my keys and just like everything, all these like serendipitous sort of like final destination stories and it's yes. awful and sad and scary and um, we won't talk about it but if, on the podcast, but I will link if you're interested in hearing Emily's story. It's a really good one. Um, September always makes me think I want to live in New York. Oh, it's a it wasn't there a movie with Richard Gere and Winona Ryder, Autumn in New York or something. You're, yes, yeah, and literally, I don't I, think I ever watched it. I didn't either, but it always shows dreamy. up on Netflix. It's like always like you liked You've Got Mail, so you'll probably like this. And I'm like, you're probably right, but I can't. New come. York is amazing in September. Like everything starts to happen again because the city really shuts down for the summer. All the rich people go to like the, the Hamptons. Hamptons. Yeah, everybody who's from around there goes. So I never really went anywhere because I was no, poor and was lived rich, in Brooklyn yeah. and didn't have a car. Um, and it's also New York stops smelling horrible. I was like, literally just, st- I was just going to say in September, you stop smelling dog piss and people and garbage and garbage, hot garbage. It's literally hot garbage. I that knew is is. going there in September was going to be a mistake because I knew I was going to be like, oh, I love New York. But here's the thing. I do fucking love New York. It's the best. Oh, but the I, last time I went. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, no. You oh, the go last ahead. Time I went was in se- okay. The last time I went was in September. So it was before I got uh, pregnant with my second kid who was born three weeks before lockdown. Oh, my God. Um, and I was in an Airbnb in Bed-Stuy, which has changed a lot since I was visiting. Yes. Um, and I was walking around. It was mid, mid-September. mid It was probably like this week of yes. 2018. Sure. And I was like, God, I love it here. I could just... I could just like throw my phone in a trash can and disappear back into life mm. in New York. I mean, I wouldn't do that to my husband and my kid and sure. my dogs. They and, could come. But yeah. They could I, come you know, on weekends. They could come on weekends. On weekends. That actually <laughs> does not sound bad. Yeah. I, I, after I moved back to Kansas City, I got a room in Brooklyn that I had for a couple of years and I would go back and forth. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I say that I, if I came into a lot of money. I could move oh, back to New York. Of course. That's what I miss most about New York yeah. is like that there are people everywhere. There are people walking around. There are people. That's one thing I, I hate about Kansas City is unless it's like a special event in a certain part of the city, I don't walk around alone at night because I'm the only person out there at night. I and mean, that's kind of creepy. I mean, LA is the same. It's really weird, but like no one walks in the city 
and no one is out late. Like I was walking back to my car from seeing something the other day. Oh, like going out to dinner with a friend in LA and like at 1030 at night, like the road was like empty and I was like, this is weird. 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 I don't like going out, but I, you know, I don't know. I loved living in New York, but like, I also hated it. It's like a whole, you know, <sighs> complicated, complicated, complicated. Um, it was a, it was a lifetime ago. A lifetime. We right. Right. Exactly. And went, went places at 10 PM. Emily, I don't have kids, so you do. And yes. you're launching a parenting podcast. Yes. Don't you feel like, and I'm saying this because I want to tee you up for telling us what, what makes mother, mother different. Don't you feel like there's like a lot of parenting content on there? I feel like I consume a lot of parenting content as a non-parent. What's mother, mother giving us? Yes. Well, one, you're getting my very foul mouth. <laughs> okay. Done. In. <laughs> this is a fucking parenting podcast. <laughs> okay. I love it. Okay. Um, also, it's not like, it's not about parenting so much as the experience of being a mother. Mm. And there will be there. I mean, obviously, like, you can't talk about the experience of being a mother without talking about kids and having kids and the shit we do for our kids. But so much of that, um, is it you know it it is tied up in our identities as women as partners as professionals yeah. and this these last 18 months have been so i would say dispropor disproportionately hard on mothers yeah and 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 even i mean like i'm a white middle class mother like like it's been easy on me comparatively right yeah but it's it, i want to talk to mothers from all walks of life mm -hmm. and, um, you know, ex mothers who are doctors and mothers who are scientists and, uh, but no, no anti-vaxxers. Um, <laughs> yeah. we believe in vaxxing here uh, at Jane. Do you think? Yes. Yes. Science, science and vaccines. Yes. I think moms are tireder than ever. Yeah. We are more burned out. We sure. are, I see, I'm so burned out. Is tireder even a word? Tireder? No, but it I is don't even now. Know. Who cares? My brain is so broken. Language I don't even is know always evolving. More exhausted than ever. Yeah. Um, we are burned out. We, I, it's, you know, I was working till midnight last night. Like, that's just the life that I have right now. My, my youngest, who was born three weeks before lockdown. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. I mean, but luckily it was then and not three weeks later. At least my husband could be there and I didn't yeah. have to. Yeah. What was the date? Like February? Uh, February 17th. That's now insane. someone's going to use that to steal my identity. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's so crazy. he was three weeks old. I was supposed to, I was giving myself like this measly four week freelancer maternity leave. Um, and that didn't happen because like three weeks into that, my husband came home. He'd been furloughed. Wow. Um, and I was like, oh shit, I got to get back to work. So a couple months into that, I was like, we, I was just seeing how my my mom friends were struggling. Yeah. And we were we all had all of this anxiety and we're just I mean like I know there's a lot of like satirical headlines about it but we are fucking tired. Yeah. And it's not just that our kids I mean my kids were home for 453 days. And again <laughs> I had counting. Who's counting? Who's I mean, counting? I don't, I don't do math. Google, Google did it for me. <laughs> okay. That's um, nice. It's like, how many days has it been since? Yeah. Right. Uh, but we like, it's, it's, and it's not just having kids and husband for me. Like I'm a person who really loves my alone time. I actually left New York and moved to Kansas city. Oh, there are the dogs. I warned you were going to bark. Yeah. We all have um, like, if you guys hear dogs during this episode, I'm so sorry, but like get over it because yeah. My dog won't shut up. Her dogs won't shut up. It's like a whole thing. Like we are like just in the thick of it. It's, it's, uh, there's nowhere to go. Yeah. There's nowhere to go. It's absolutely, uh, pr it, this was, um, choreographed. They were paid to bark. 
it's part of the production. So yes, yes. just so you know, we're, they're, we're plug some they're SAG. Later. Yeah. They're SAG eligible. They'll be getting their card. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I left New York for Kansas city because I didn't want to have roommates anymore. Yeah. And then I met my husband like a year after I moved here and he moved in not long after and, you the know, eternal roommate we know. together. Exactly. And now two small kids. And so it was like, had a second baby. Yeah. Then all of a sudden my then four-year-old was home all the time. Constantly. And there's this baby. And then my husband got furloughed. So we were all locked in the house together for 453 days. So there's that exhaustion, right? Like yeah, I'm a person yeah. who needs my alone time and I don't get any. And then there's just like the exhaustion of having small children around. And then there is the exhaustion of the fucking anxiety. Like there, yeah. there are so many decisions to be made and you have to of, make them. And none of them, there are no good decisions. Right. Like there is no good decision when you're a parent of small children right now. Right. And it's just, it, it, like I could be, I could be working more and we could be a little better off financially, but I can't because I'm like also trying to be a parent and my husband is taking care. It's just, it's, it's a lot. And I consider myself very lucky and privileged within all of that. And I am still just like fucking exhausted. So yeah. So, so mother, mother is the mom friends you need right now. Me nice. being one friend and my wonderful guests being the other. And we're just going to get real about motherhood. And we're going to talk about the hard things that I think it definitely, it's starting to change. And I am not, um, I'm clearly not necessarily helping this situation, but parenting podcasting is like, feels very white, which I am. I mean, like I'm very white, but I want to, I want to have a very diverse group of guests mm-hmm. on to talk about, um, not just like white middle class motherhood. Yeah. And I just yeah, I want to I want to get real about everything. Bodies. I'm boobs. Love a body. Love a boob. Love a body. Love a boob. I'm excited um, and I know there are so many moms and parents and I think I know of one I'm going to shout Gordon. I know you listen. I know of at least one dad who listens. And I think that's exciting. I can't ever offer anything. You know, I'm like, I don't have kids and I don't think about kids. You know what? Maybe I'll do a, it'll probably piss off parents. Maybe I'll do a dog mom episode. I mean, look, I don't even consider myself a dog mom except like for the first three weeks of her life where I was like, holy shit, this is like having a baby except no one has any empathy for you. And it also like ends after three weeks. And then your oh, puppies are the worst. Puppies are the worst. I'll never do it again. And that's oh a, God, another no. episode no. for another day. But like, I, I always describe it as, you know, I would show up in like meetings and just be like so haggard and like, no one gives a shit. If you're like, oh yeah, I have a new puppy. They're like, okay. But if I was like, I should have just been like, I have a baby. And they would have been like, okay, all right. No problem. <laughs> no one gives a shit if you have a puppy, but well, yeah. unfortunately, at, after a certain time, nobody gives a shit if you have a baby. Well, that's true. But that's <laughs> but isn't that the theme of like, you know, all of uh, the uh, our country and our focus on maternity? No one gives a shit. No one. There's no paid. And mm-hmm. um, and child care, like like chi- there's all these articles right now about I'm sure that my algorithm is feeding me more of these I'm articles sure. than you, but <laughs> how like like daycares are struggling to totally. find employees because everyone's so underpaid and schools like I mean everything's a mess right like schools can't get food for lunches and like yeah. they don't have school bus drivers it's a shit show it's a total shit show when we talk about parenting though I always think about um this article that came out in the New York Times that will haunt me for the rest of my life because it was so egregious and I wonder if you'll know it when I say it but it was right uh the week after the women's march women's march sorry in 2017 January 2017 was like the first 
experience for like a lot of white middle class women to like take a stand against something um, and whether that was a really realistic um, experience of protest or not, the New York Times published this article entitled, and I believe they might have changed the headline soon after because people were so disgusted by it, but it was called When Mommy Has to March. Do you remember this? Ooh, I don't, but oh, I'm kind of surprised. psychotic, and I will link to it for everybody because I literally Please. read it once a year to like... It's almost like doing the ice bucket challenge mentally. Like it feels like I'm waterboarding myself when I read it. But oh it God. is, um, it was a look at one of the most, the wealthiest uh, suburbs of, of Manhattan, which is Montclair, New Jersey. And it was about how all of these moms either went to New York or Washington to march in the Women's March and left their kids home with daddy daycare for the weekend and how all the dads were like what do I do like how do I make a lunch and it was so gross for both I don't know to see just like we should be marching if we're still in 2017 like oh I need to write a list of like what my husband needs to do to keep my kids alive for 24 hours like we need to be doing a lot more than marching. And every time I re yes. read that article, I'm like, holy shit. Thank God. So be either I read it and I blocked <laughs> it out. It, it definitely it. sounds like something I would have read that would have been shared in all my Facebook groups. So perhaps I've blocked it out. I will send um, it to you and I will link it to everybody he to here. But like, I would love to hear a mother mother take on. Yeah. Mommy has to march and fathers take care of kids. It's how vital are. Okay. Now the new headline. They changed it because I remember when mommy has to march being, uh, march being like, what the fuck? The new headliner, you know, four or five years ago. How vital are women? This town found out as they left to march. The march was like four hours. These women were gone maybe a day and a half. Can I remember this now. I don't know. I don't know what. I'm going to send it to you. Something about the headline. Psychotic. Oh send it. They weren't gone for a oh month. God. Like, do you guys oh, know how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? It's insane. I put it in the chat. That Thank you. That also seems like maybe like that wasn't the story. Of course, like that wasn't the story. Right? That's right, not the exactly. story. New York Times. That's not the story. Right. There are so many stories. And look, I, I have done a lot of activism in my life. And um, I think th there was this whole like wall of moms thing happening um, in Kansas City last summer. And I had really mixed feelings about it because it felt just like performative. It was, it was a lot, of, a lot happening on Facebook and it yeah. was like the leaf blower dads and the wall of moms and <laughs> like it had good intentions, but it just felt so performative. And it's like, if, if, if you would have been like yelling about this for the last 10 years, like doing, I don't know there, don't get me started on that's not this podcast. What podcast am I even on? Don't get me started on that. Oh. Talk about ADD. We were like, maybe we should talk about our ADHD. I feel like we just oh did God. it. We just did it for ourselves without mentioning it. We just demonstrated it. Without our ADHD. telling me, tell me how you like, show me how you have yeah. ADHD. This is it. You, uh, before we talk about shopping, you just got like a diagnosis, like a late in life ADHD diagnosis. What was that like? Yeah. So I got diagnosed right before my 36th birthday. So wow. that was in like 20, I, I told you no math. So whatever, I was 35. <laughs> it was a few, it was, I'm, I'm well, 39 you're, well, now. Well, you're 28 so. now. So I, I don't know hmm. how that, how that works, but okay. It's this HD video camera um, <laughs> with the smoothing settings. Um, so yeah, I, I was almost 36 and I had been 
joked for most of my adult life that yeah. I had AD, ADD. Before it was ADHD, it was ADD. So I'd be like, oh, my yeah. ADD, my ADD. Like the first, one of the very first design articles I ever wrote was for um, AOL's now defunct. Well, AOL is probably defunct, but yeah. AOL's defunct um, Shelter Pop. It was a Home yep. Decor blog. And it was called, the headline was My Design ADD. And it was just about how I'm like, obsessively changing things in my house all the time. Um, it's funny because recently I was like looking at my wall and I was like, I wonder if there's like a disease where you just like have to change stuff in your house all the time. And my husband was like, are you fucking kidding me? It's like, oh wait, yeah, it's, I have ADHD. Right, right. Yeah, it's like, um, yeah, exactly. Self-awareness is kind of a thing. <laughs> um, so I, I, I had joked about it and, you know, I found the first year of marriage to be incredibly stressful being interesting married to someone who like wanted to know my plan for the night and the weekend and the week and like I didn't mm. was I supposed to have a plan for like a Tuesday night um and I my husband and I got into some fights looking back I think we're very much triggered by me having ADHD and him not understanding it me not knowing I had it and I remember reading an article in The Atlantic around that time, and it was called ADHD is Different for Women. And I read this article, and I was like, oh, my God, that sounds like me. It's so relatable. And then I thought, like, oh, you know, I don't really have ADHD. That would be too easy. Like, it would be too easy if I could just, like, take a pill. And, like, I'm I'm actually not – like, I'm actually not a flawed person. I'm not a lazy asshole. Yeah. I have ADHD. Yeah. I was like, that would be – I was just like, that would be too easy. So I didn't right. even seek diagnosis. Um, and then uh, there was this whole – series of unfortunate events that happened um, in 2018, which involved me and calendars and a vacation and a babysitter and <laughs> dogs. And uh, I, I write I write all about it, which um, I'll tell you about in a minute. Um, and I was like crying in my bathroom while my son was watching Daniel Tiger because I had just like fucked up a whole week so badly. I was like, what is wrong with me? And then I remembered this article and I went back and read it and I was like, I was kinder to myself when I read it, I think. And I was just like, holy shit, yeah. that's me. And I said it to my husband. And he's like, that's you. And so I made, I saw a few different doctors and um, got diagnosed. Um, I was they're like, oh, you, yes, you absolutely have ADHD. Yeah. You should be medicated. You should be dealing with this. Um, and it is, it's been, the meds have really helped me. Um, what are you I on, can I ask? Sure. I take Vyvanse. Oh, nice. Strength and Vyvanse. Mm -hmm. It's been life-changing for me. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, my husband and I definitely still fight, sure. especially, you know, pandemic parenting. Um, but it's it's nice to have – It's we call it an explanation, not an excuse. Oh, that's um, nice. But it, it's, um, it, it is, it's been uh, amazing to have a diagnosis and to understand things. But then I started looking back at my life – with this knowledge. Yeah. And I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. Like, yeah. oh my God. Oh, that. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like, I'm a professional writer. Right. And I have been for 20 years. Right. I timed out of reading comprehension on the GRE. And the only reason I was taking the GRE is because I had this idea for a novel. And I was like, I don't have the discipline. I'll never just like sit and write a novel. Right. So I need to get into an MFA program. So I have someone like making me turn stuff in, if that's how an MFA works. I don't yeah. know. Um, and I was like, oh, so. Yeah, so I was like, I'll get a, I'll get an MFA, and I'll, that's how I'll write my book. But then I timed out of reading comprehension on the GRE, wow. and so I rejected my scores and never thought about that again. Wow! But now I'm writing a book. I mean, that's amazing. About ADHD. <laughs> I mean, look, like I was diagnosed at nine. It's just a totally different, you know. And I'm sure it would the, the it was just different to diagnose 
a kid in 1996 and to think, I mean, now that I'm saying it out loud, it's like, uh, we just are under the assumption that my diagnosis has not even like evolved, changed, or like no one's thought to like retest me on anything. I'm just like on the same meds that I've been on for like the majority of my life and cannot survive. But it's working them. for you. I mean, you're, you're amazing. I am. You're right. I am amazing. Uh, no, I mean, l- like, I, I always like to think that in the 90s, um, especially if you were like a little kid and I was, you know, in second or third grade in the early 90s. And that was like kind of when it became trendy and like everyone was testing their kids. And but, you kind of, you're very lucky to be a, a, a girl, like a young, like young girls were so overlooked in the 90s. I think so too. Because I didn't have the H part. I had the, I was never hyperactive. Um, mm. I was just like, could not focus. I was so smart, but my grades were terrible. Like I was always talking in class. And I think my parents were like, but, but also, you know, how much of that is just like, I am a kid and this is my personality versus like, let's medicate, you know? And I think the medication did help, but of course the medication helped. I take prescribed speed. I literally have like a magic, we have like a magic pill that like helps us do stuff. And and that's all well and good, but I never even learned as an adult how to like function without it. So I'm it's I'm very dependent on it. And I, I wonder, you know, if I was kind of going in blindly as an adult with like a clean slate, how they could determine a new diagnosis. Like, I just wonder what a doctor who didn't know that I have had like, you know, a 30 plus year history um, with ADHD medication would diagnose me today. And I don't even know that I, mean, if you I could sign up for one of those like internet doctors. Totally. And- <laughs> but I don't even think I could like function on my, you know, I, I think that it is like imperative to my function. It's just really interesting. And I always laugh when my friends, it's probably similar to the situation you were in. Like I have friends who are like, I can't focus. I can't, I'm like, you know what? That sounds like you have ADD. And they're like, kind of ADD. Like I'm 35. And I'm like, you probably do. And you can also like, you don't have to wait for someone to take you to the doctor. You take yourself to the doctor and you explain and like, you don't have to prove anything. You literally just go. And I was very nervous yes, about that. Exactly. Part. Like that, that, like I was like, is somebody going to think I'm just here trying to, to get, drugs? get drugs? Exactly. Yeah. And I'm sure there are some people just trying to get drugs, but I'd like to think that like, you know, some people kind of, uh, you know, 13, 14 years into their career, looking at how they operate in the world and be like, is there, is there a better way of doing this? Like, is this, you know, could there be something that's helping? I mean, I remember when I went on antidepressants, it was the same thing. I was like, when I was so depressed, I was like, I guess, you know, this is just what I feel like all the time. And my doctor was like, hold on, try this. And we like, you know, niggled some cocktails of meds around. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, okay. All right. It doesn't have to be this horrible. (laughs) Um, it's wild. It is. I was talking to my husband about that, just like ADHD meds recently. And I don't remember what brought it on, but how there are, you know, we, we talk about like, I wonder how different our relationship would be if I had been diagnosed as a child, but obviously we wouldn't be together because my life would be very different. Totally. Um, but I would have learned. I, I, I went to my mom when I was like nine or 10. I was like, I think there's something wrong with my brain. Like I get really frustrated. I get really angry. Like there's something wrong with my brain. And she, didn't do anything about it. Um, and, but how I would be as an adult, if I had those tools to like better manage my emotions, I'm still not totally that. Um, one thing my psychiatrist asked me every time he's like, are you still invoicing? Because I, one thing when I went to, I was like, I wasn't, I was turning in work late and then I wasn't invoicing for it. And then I would, it was like a disaster. I have two things I haven't invoiced for actually. Thanks for the reminder. Oh my God. 
I know. <laughs> I am. Um, but I think I understand the desire to try to manage these things more naturally. Like, I think that if I could get my ass out of bed every morning and like make myself a smoothie and then go for a run. And then if I ate really healthfully for the rest of the day and like mm-hmm. did my did breathing exercises, like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I would not need my five ants or I could go on a much lower dose. But like no. ADHD prevents me from being the kind of person who does that. Yeah. Also, like, like I just so much easier to take the pill than to make a smoothie. Are you kidding? I don't know. Also, I hate fruit. So me too. Oh, my God. Are you Irish? Like all fruit. Like I. I am. I am. I am like 100%. I did one of those 23 me. I am 100% the whitest bitch you know. Like oh I am. God. Yes. I am. I am a potato. I really honestly think that like women of a certain age, aka in their 30s and early 40s, like who are Irish and grew up with like Irish moms, like don't like fruit. Like this is a theory that I'm testing. I, I mean, maybe. I think mine, I again, looking back at everything through the lens of, oh, I have ADHD. I, I have since realized also that like, a lot of what I thought was just like weird stuff about me is sensory processing issues. Yeah. So I hate the the like the mushiness of fruit. I don't like mm. how sweet it is, the texture. Like it goes bad so quick. I can't even be in the same room as a ripe banana. It is, I am so sensitive to fruit. It just totally grosses me out. I feel you. Except for citrus in a cocktail. Citrus is great. Uh, is there any other weird sensory things you have that you're like, Oh, I'm not weird. This is just part of it because I can tell well, you I, a few yes. lines. Like I have to sleep with a fan. Oh, totally. Absolutely have to. And like we were in a hotel last weekend, my first hotel since COVID. It was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. And um, I couldn't get the AC to stay on. It kept waking me up at night because when it would kick off and there was no fan and I would wake up and I was miserable. Um, when I was a kid, I was – I hate wearing tights. Yeah. I don't mind leggings. Like, so, But when I was a kid in my cousin's wedding, we were wearing – I was a candlelighter and I had a white dress and white tights. And I remember saying to my mom and grandma, like, oh, it's so itchy. I can't, I can't, I can't. And at the reception, I made it through the ceremony. And at the reception, I started scratching my thighs. And it was like Carrie, like just blood running down oh my white, my just like blood running down my legs. Yep. Um, I can't wear like a turtleneck or anything, even like a mock turtleneck, yep. anything too close to my neck. Um, what What else? I'm sure there are other things that I'm, I'm very, I'm sensitive to noises, but I also have to have my own noises but i'm sensitive to other noises mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm building a shed out back to have my own enclosed bubble just just to work away from my family because i can't i get deal it with the, the noise that's it is yeah. interesting you look back and you're like oh this is all part of you know a bigger picture um like i you know they say like misophonia isn't real but like everyone thinks they have it including myself i hate like I, there are things that I just like, I can't, I honestly can't even like go to the movie theater or like, a, I mean, it hasn't been an issue last in like almost two years, but like if someone is like, or like crinkling their oh, yeah. candy, I like cannot, I like whip my head around and like shoot them the dirtiest look. I hate the feeling of wool. I hate the feeling of oh, yeah. unglazed Mm-mm. like porcelain, like a terracotta pot is like oh. the most disgusting feeling to me. I like, I'm like getting like gross thinking about it. I can't like chalk, chalkboards, all that is very bad. See, that me. reminds me as rubbing hands on fabric. I can't like people like sit down, they like rub their hands, oh, they rub their hands on their jeans. Like I'm getting the heebie-jeebie. Like oh you rub the palms of your hands on fabric. Yeah. I can't, it just, it like. I get interesting since I was a tiny kid like it gives me the worst heebie-jeebies like if somebody makes a bed and like if you were to like run your hand across the the flat sheet oh my god no see how weird is that like that yeah like we all have these like weird 
we're all just weirdos and we're all weirdos it all is kind of part of it oh my gosh you guys would never believe that five minutes before we started recording we were like okay here's what we're going to talk about and then of course we just like went right off the rails and we were like we're <laughs> going to talk about ADD and adults and I think we did without really having to say it guess what yeah, we Both have, of us we, have ADD. We, <laughs> we are we are a walking example of or a talking example of ADHD. So I'm really excited. So is your official diagnosis still ADD? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, okay. I'm tried and true. But it's not ADHD. It's ADD. It's, yeah, it's ADD. It's ADD. They tried to di- diagnose me as bipolar when I was uh, like 16. But then when I was like 22, they were like, oh, I think you were just growing up. Like, it was like all like weird. You know what I mean? I had a doctor. The first doctor I went to tried to di- tell me I was bipolar. He said, because you talk fast and you shop a lot. Yeah. He was like a resident, like a psychi- like a psychiatry well, resident. And I was like, this feels bipolar, like a horror movie. Like, you know. Talk yeah. fast and shop I mean, a lot. That's not, that cannot be a thing. I mean, really. I know. And and like, look, if I were bipolar, I would be like, okay, give me the medication for bipolar, for bipolar disorder. But like, I don't have these, I, I, I'm not bipolar. I mean, you know, I was like, I, yeah. I was, so just, I was there. I was just a teenager. And that was fun. I was like, I really don't think like I don't I don't feel very low and then I don't feel very high and like all this manic shit. But I am a teenager. Like, don't we? That's what I mean when it's like, I don't know how much of this is like actually correctly diagnosed and just like, oh, your personality is like a little wacky, which it is. I'm sure there are a lot of people, especially women walking around with the wrong diagnosis, the right taking disease, the yeah. wrong medication. So that's a part of what I'm. So I mentioned that I'm writing about. Right. Um, my life with ADHD. And um, so it's this essay collection. It's act- it actually went out on um, submission. My agent Yay, submitted it like right before we got on here to talk. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, but you're I, allowed to. I, I am. Um, and, it, you know, one of the things I talk about a lot in my proposal is how women and young girls are so overlooked and misdiagnosed. And often they're diagnosed with bipolar disorder, depression, anxiety, and maybe they also have those things, but for so long, I mean, you said you grew up in New York. Did you grow up in New York city? I grew up in Westchester a little outside. Okay. So, I mean, you had the, the benefit of like being in a, in yeah. a more elite place, right? Yeah. So like oh, I grew yeah, up yeah, in, yeah. in subsidized housing in the Midwest sure. and my parents divorced when I was three. And when I went to my mom and said, I think there was something wrong with my brain, she was probably like, fuck that. I got to figure out how to buy groceries, mm. you know? So I didn't have the benefit of the my mom being like what's wrong with your brain honey oh yes yeah I had all that it was like let's talk about like you know like like has one temper tantrum and then I'm all of a sudden like in 90 doctor's offices trying to figure out what's wrong with me oh yeah so I tried to go to a doctor my mom's like now you're fine like I I had to be like I'd have a broken bone or be you know like oh totally to go to the doctor a hundred percent um yeah but so so many women so I write about this in my proposal how so many women and girls especially are overlooked like either like ignored especially in the 90s it, it just wasn't mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't a thing that people got diagnosed people in my demographic got diagnosed with mm-hmm. um and then even now women are are often misdiagnosed and yeah it's such a small percentage of people and for me it helped my dad got diagnosed a couple of years oh wow before i did and i didn't know that and i mentioned it to my stepmom that i had just gotten diagnosed she's like oh yeah your dad got diagnosed with that a couple of years ago i was like well thanks for telling yeah, me guys that would have been, been helpful. helpful hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm excited about your product because you were like, I don't know if I should bring this. I don't know if I should bring this. And then you showed me what it was. And I was like, yeah, you have to bring it. I know you were so excited. Like I have I'm bought so, so excited. I was, I was going to write this exhaustive list called like all the random shit I bought during the pandemic ranked. But A, pandemic's not over yet. No. Um, B, I haven't had time to write that. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I've, I've, I bought a lot of stuff. So I was I, I was kind of joking when I said no, I was No, no, I really wanted you to bring it. I did. Yeah. So tell everybody what it is. Um, it's black cotton granny panties from Amazon. <laughs> Which or I love it bucks. because underwear comes up all the time. It really does. So how yeah. did you find like, t- like start from the beginning? What's your, what, okay, tell so, us the story. Well, I, um, am very particular about everything. Okay. Especially my undergarments, which I now that we're talking about this, I didn't think about this probably has something to do with my yes. ADHD and my sensory issues. Yes. Um, so I, uh, when I was pregnant, I could not wear like, I mean, I couldn't, anyway, like a low cut, like under the belly, like I can't. And why would you want to? I, sure. I, right? Like people talk about <laughs> covering up their C-section scar. I'm like, that is so low. You have to be naked for somebody to see your C- yeah. C-section scar. Um, but I was looking for comfortable. I was like at the, both my boys were winter babies. Mm. And so I was like really big and uncomfortable in the summer. And I had these underwear. I would wear like really high shapewear to go over my belly and kind of smooth things out. But so, so people always have a a thing that my sister like can't wear if her sock gets a little bit wet or her foot gets a little wet, she freaks out. Mine is like wet butt. If I have been sweating or if I'm working in jeans or if there's like even like a little little moisture, a little condensation yeah, around gross. my butt, I just like I freak out. I can't. It's like horrible. It's itchy. It, it I'm done. I have to like yeah. get naked, get in the shower. So it's like I really want cotton underwear. I want cotton underwear that comes up over my belly or at least up to my belly button. And I need it to be low cut. There's this trend right now of a very high cut, like very 90s, like high cut um, swimsuits and underwear, like at the thigh where it comes up. Like yeah, we're thigh. like Kelly Kapowski again. Yeah, yeah, that's not a, it's not a good look on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find it very uncomfortable. Sure. And I have always really liked a full brief. Mm. Um, I, I might even go so far as to say I think it's kind of sexy. I and love I thought it. This way before this that it, it was in style because it, it feels like very 40s pinup and I've always liked a very classic simple style totally so so I was searching Amazon for like I was actually I think I was looking for cotton black cotton maternity underwear nice and these these underwear came up and um because I obsess over things I read about there are I'm looking at now 44,635 reviews they've uh four and a half star reviews I read probably a thousand of the reviews. And what I, I read, the I read the reviews. I read like the first few pages of reviews. I'm usually on my phone. And then I go and I read all the one-star reviews. And then I'll read like some two and three-star reviews for yeah. everything, everything yeah. I buy, like I obsessively. And the, the problems people had with them on the uh, one-star reviews, they were like, so these, these underwear, they have a wide band, which is, um, they, they, you know, people like a wide band if you have anything that you like to smooth out. Sure. And people complained because there's a wide band and there's like a smaller elastic band inside. That doesn't bother me. People complained that they looked like a grandma, like their granny panties. Or they're like, oh, they're so funny. My husband laughed at them. I'm like, that is exactly what I want. Yeah. They come up to my <laughs> belly button. They cover my ass. Right. Cotton, they come down low on my thighs. It's like almost a boy short. Um, I have reordered them four times. So I got them wow. during my second pregnancy. Loved them. And then after my son was born, I ordered one size smaller. And now I've ordered down again 
a smaller size wow. and I have thrown out all of my other underwear. So as a, as a fellow uh, person with ADHD, you know, that like keeping up with laundry is a, is a hard thing. It's too much. Yeah. Um, so I've I'm never great about laundry. So I have a lot of underwear and I would like go through my good underwear and then I'd be like wearing my gross underwear and my ratty underwear. Sure. Well, I recently like got rid of so many clothes. I have this little like closet thing in my office that's open. I have open shelves, open everything. Um, and I have these underwear and I threw out all my other underwear. I have one pair of seamless underwear that I'll wear under a jumpsuit or something. Nice. And so I have, I have eight pair in my current size and I'm like, okay, when I'm down to my last pair, I have to do laundry. Right. Of course. It's, it's, it's a handy tool, but I, I got rid of all my other underwear. Like I'm, I'm obsessed with these underwear. It is all that I will wear. They are so comfortable. They are just soft and they, they hold, they're, they're tight enough, but not too tight. Yeah. They, the cotton is, oh my God, it's so, I could, I'll never wear another pair of underwear unless I'm trying to be sexy or something. Yeah. I don't, I don't know about that. I mean, for me, but there's, there's like special underwear for that. And also I feel like they rip the first time you do anything in them. So yeah. I feel like sexy underwear is trash underwear. Like I'm going to buy this for a sexy night with my husband and they're going to get ripped and then I'm going to throw them away. And right. And that's it. I, I wonder like, so let's talk about these reviews that you were reading because we always talk about Angie thinks and like, you know, I'm always really wary of someone who does recommend some Amazon stuff. Like sometimes, you know, there's always been those stories that are like all these Amazon reviews are like fake or they're like auto, you know, bot generated or whatever. What were the reviews that you saw specifically? Like what were people saying about them that made you feel like, okay, they were looking for what I was looking for. Because when I read reviews, especially because it's always from a stranger, you're like, I don't know you. I don't know what you wanted. Like, you know, there is no one size fits all for literally any product. So there's always key things that I'm looking for when I'm like, okay, I want to buy something. So I'm hearing Mm -hmm. what you wanted, but was there like a line in a review from like a fellow mom that made you think like, this is going to work for me? No, it it was more, well, one thing that I love about Amazon is that people can upload pictures. So there were very brave women who were like uploading pictures of themselves in these underwear. Wow. And I saw, I saw women who had a body type similar to mine and there were pregnant women who, who shared it with their pregnancy. So one thing I, I love about Amazon is you can, I mean, Amazon's evil, fine, but you can search reviews. Yep. Um, and I like, search for my size, like people who are my size. And I search my weight and I search, you know, terms for body type. So it was more of that. It was more, and you know, they're not fake reviews when a woman who's like my size and the picture, you know, it's not, it's not one of those Amazon, like fake Photoshopped, like giant, butt, tiny waist pictures. It's like a real woman in these underwear. You can trust that that's a real review, obviously. Mm. But, you know, people were talking about the comfort and how they liked that they didn't dig in. And for me, I really liked that they were high up because I, I am, I am high waist jeans. I have been for way yes. before it was cool yes. and I will be way after it's cool. And I like my underwear to be at the same line as my waistband of my that. pants. Mm-hmm. Otherwise then you get another weird, like, like bump. Yeah. You know? of course. I like everything yeah. to be right up to the belly yeah. button. All in line, and, all parallel. Yeah. But I do, I kind of, I over read, um, reviews sometimes, but it's sure. partially for my job. Right. So I do a lot of e-commerce writing and, uh, you don't always test out products, right? If it's a if it's an SEO piece and then you're basing your little write-up on reviews. And I have gotten very good at spotting fake reviews. Right. Um, but you can't just read the good reviews. You have to read the bad reviews. Yeah, and sometimes the bad reviews. Yeah, but sometimes the bad reviews, like the problem that someone has with something is not a problem that I will have with exactly. it. Exactly. And so I can say, okay, like now I feel even better about this purchase. I'll never forget the person who left a review 
on my first book that said one star. The book came, I guess like the book had been packaged and then left out in a rainstorm. So it was like all ruined. And then they left me one star. I was like, I didn't fucking deliver you that book. It I was see really all the time infuriating. And it, it makes me off. They're like, would have been nice if I would have been able to try it, but they were sold out. I'm like, that's not a fucking review. Yeah, of that's not product. a review. Like, I, that's why I don't trust Yelp. And mostly I don't trust reviews that aren't like from now, G thinks, and why I kind of created G thinks to begin with. Because I was like, these people just have like agendas. And I don't want to be part of yes. that. I just want to know what underwear yeah. I should be buying. Yeah, well, um, I think you should be buying this underwear. How does it wash? It amazing. How's the wash? Um, like, I mean, the same the way I wash, wash? everything, okay. even if it says dry clean only, which is throw it in a washer with warm water and okay, tied with bleach and uh, <laughs> stick it in the dryer on high yep. and then forget about it and then turn the dryer on the next day to get all the wrinkles out. Great. Great. Yeah. Um, but it hasn't. So I, I think I know what you're asking, right? Like around the, the legs and the waistband, like there's yeah. no little, elect, there's no like little elastic stringies coming okay, out. Okay, great. And yeah. then how do they... Or do you also use them as period underwear? Um, yes, except I'm going to get real here for a minute. Yeah. Um, they are my period underwear, except I also have some period underwear because since having a second C-section and then also having a tubal ligation throughout, like while, while I was opened up, um, I have had the most um, incredibly heavy periods of my life. Wow. So the first day of my period, now I, I wear like actual period underwear but like, let's come back and have another episode where we talk about <laughs> period products because I am like obsessed with um discs with mm. menstrual discs and then I switched to the brand that I loved flex I switched to their cup and it was great and then it started I tried to wear it like after sex and then I started leaking and now I just found like a like a reusable disc so oh that's a that's a whole 80 and there I went on another ADHD tangent but that's a whole other topic for another show um but yes, they're great period underwear. They're great because they're they're black. They're cotton. They they are. I mean, there's there's you can't stain them. Yeah, I mean you can get them in other colors too. But I would all of my undergarments. All of my stuff is black. black. Also, I just actually started buying parade underwear, um, which I had heard so many, so many, so many good things about, and then finally gave in. And I'm wearing them right now, and I'm like, oh fuck, they actually are really, really good. What is good about them? You know, I also like full coverage. Um. I like a thick band. I like, I carry most of my weight in my midsection. Um, and it's not, there's not a lot. It's like, it's funny because, you know, of course we all focus in and zero in on like our things and like everyone has like weird things about their bodies, but like, I don't even mind like carrying my weight there, except it sits the way my weight sits is not like like soft rolls. It's like kind of like pregnancy belly. Like it's always just like bloated, like distended belly. And it's like funny because I'm sitting here being like, oh my God, I would die for like a roll, like my stomach to have like rolls because I just have, like, it all just kind of like, it just as a gut, you know? So I like an underwear that like will go right over it. And like, mm -hmm. you know, like I just, it feels very seamless that way. Um, there's me like mesh paneling like on the side. So like it has like a sexy feel, but like it's not sexy. Um, so, you know, I can't do the mesh in the, in the heat because it's that nylon, like it doesn't like, I know it technically breathes because it's mesh, but yeah. it's that whole nylon feeling. But me. the mesh isn't, it's only on the side. I mean, look to each their own. It's only on your sides. That's all, mm -hmm. nothing touches your butt, um, or your vagina. Um, I don't know. I just really liked it. I'm always, everyone, like I'm looking for the most high rise of high rise, you know, and oh, same. it's hard to find something, especially when. 
you're trying to size for an average body that like my proportions it's not like uh it's like sometimes like the like I have a big butt and like sometimes like I can't get butt coverage and then also have it like fit my waist you know or I don't know there was something about like gusset size like in the news like a couple of months ago about how like everyone's gusset like length is different but like underwear only really makes like one thing and it's I, I, I just, I'm having that problem with bras right now I, I have been trying to find a bra for weeks and what did I, you like luckily what'd you come I up mean, with I have nothing I have no nothing, bras nothing. Right now. so here's my my problem I have small boobs okay I'm like a b cup and I've now breastfed two children okay so they're like like saggy and small and not I mean, they're yeah, whatever. They're boobs, right? Yep. Um, but I have a, a wide rib cage. Okay. So um, I'm like a 36, 38B. But I also like I have some back fat and I want a bra that hold, that like kind of smooths that a little bit. And those really only exist for larger cup sizes. Mm. Um, so I've been having a really hard time finding a bra in my size that is – oh, that is a – because I also want a push-up because I have these like small saggy boobs. So I want a push-up. That has a wide band huh. and a 36B that's smoothing. And no luck. And I've, I've, uh, I just ordered one. Um, I can't remember the name. It starts with an L. And they have their own brand, like Larissima. I don't know. And okay. they, I got it through Target. Um, but, like, I, I love all the body positivity around all these new underwear brands. And they're like, bras made for small boobs. And But I, I, I personally feel better when I look like my boobs are in proportion to my mm-hmm. size 10, 12 body. And sure. I like them to look a little bigger and fuller, so I want push up. I want a little padding. When I was in high school, I I wore two bras, two padded bras. To look of like course, yeah, that was like a thing. And then I like try to make out the guy. I was like, oh, I can't. That's weird. <laughs> I have a I lot. I should be wearing <laughs> this. There's a lot. It's complicated going on. But I remember a guy being like, that's very complicated. I was like, yeah, I just leave it alone. It's fine. It's complicated. <laughs> um, but so I I've been having trouble finding a bra that. Like, I love the look of an unlined bra. I think it's super sexy. And, like, the way that I I like my clothes to fit and feel, I think I would enjoy it. I wouldn't even mind nipping, but I just – it doesn't work Yeah, with the way that I like to look and wear my clothes. And I wish that I felt more confident about my small boobs and I didn't need a push-up or – uh, but like you said, we all have our thing. It's right? a whole thing. Yeah, I'm we always reminded of the conversation I had with Helen Rossner on the podcast where I was like, oh, I think like I only look I only feel feminine and I only feel like confident when I'm wearing a V-neck shirt, a T-shirt. And she was like, oh, my gosh, I think the only T-shirts that look good are like, you know, the crew neck shirt. It's like we're all weird. I and remember no that. One, yeah. Yeah. No one cares. But we all have our thing. Mm-hmm. We're like we're convinced. I always like to say that, like, I'm the most the part of my body I'm most self-conscious about is my wrists. For some I remember hearing you guys talk about that. And I thought that, but I'm that way about my fingers and my hands. Like, yeah, I, like it's weird. Like who cares? They I love me. rings and I love wearing lots of rings, but I have these kind of chubby fingers and I see these, my sister has like these, the I've long, had her hand model for me before. Teeny, these like long, yeah. slender, gorgeous. I don't have that either. No, whatever. But I have like, what am I like? I like, like people, what like people are looking at my wrists. I mean, I've definitely like Streisand affected them to the point where like, if someone who listened to me talk about them as much as I talk about them, saw me, they would only be looking at my wrists. But like, we're all weird. And that's I've like never noticed anyone's. No, I've never my, noticed anyone's either. It's weird. I do notice other. I'll compliment. I'll be like, oh my God, you have gorgeous hands. And people probably think I'm a weirdo, but I like, you know, I do a lot of um, cocktail recipes and I do cocktail photography yeah. and food photography. And I like 
pictures of people holding drinks. I just don't like pictures of me holding drinks because no. I don't like my fingers in the pictures. It was honestly like such a production when I got engaged and I wanted to like put up like a picture and I was like, ew, my hands look so weird. <laughs> like no one cares. But like all you see are those like long like witch fingers, the witch, you know, <laughs> it's like that. Mm-hmm. I just have little like. They're lanky Instagram mom little hands. baby sausage fingers, which is fine. And I love them. But yeah, Instagram has, you know, ruined like all perception of mm. reality or whatever. Um, and I think that's part of what my the whole idea behind my podcast, too. Right? Like, I feel like motherhood has been so Instagramified. Totally. And look, I have my own Instagram, but I'm not I'm keeping it real. The, the, pic, the most recent picture on my Instagram is me sitting on the toilet with a jumpsuit. I love holding. that. A lot of people, a lot of people did. And then I lost like two or 300 followers. Well, so, I'm fine. So, well, yeah, those are the followers of yours that don't poop. Exactly. Or pee. I mean, there are the, the, we know they're out there. Um, yeah. I well, have you watched? I would like you to talk about Lula Rich on Mother Mother. I will. I haven't watched. I've watched the uh, the promo for it. I haven't, and oh. I've read a few articles. I, oh. I will watch. I'm so anti MLM. Like Same. I, I will believe me. I will watch it, and I will talk about it. Well, before we wrap up, I just have to know how much for a pack of these underwear, and um, and are there dupes n- that we should be. Uh, wary of like are there really there's these are the specific ones on amazon we need the specific yeah so i'm gonna send you the link to these so you have the exact link excellent um they are it's 19.99 for a four pack i only wear the black um currently i am a um a 10 12 i've had two c-sections there you go um and i wear i wear a medium just to tell i'm five six um just i'm so i like to be very transparent about those things just so people get us like they know what size um so I yeah I love love so 19.99 four pack um so the they're called Wirapa where where are I don't even know how to say it it's W I R A R P A Wirapa Wirapa nice. okay Wirapa yeah um Wirapa women's high waisted cotton underwear ladies soft full briefs okay. and they do like I said they have other colors but the black is the way to go I think. You know what? They're not for ev- just like me. They're not for everyone. Sure. Um, some people will probably find them, you know, matronly and and unflattering and like granny. But I, I don't know. I love black granny panty. I find it very sexy. Great. I mean, and you know what? Yeah. My my uh, here a uh, sexy under people are like, oh, they're not sexy. Um, if someone wants to have sex with you, it's the fact sexy. <laughs> that you're wearing not sexy underwear is not gonna like your underwear is not gonna change that. Yeah. Right? Like if someone decides they don't want to have sex with you because of your the shape of your underwear like you probably shouldn't be having sex with that person yeah right a hundred percent a really really good point to end with any underwear can be sexy as long as you feel sexy wearing them yes 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 absolutely and that's how i feel i feel sexy and i love when i if i'm wearing these and just like a black bra someday when i find a bra again that fits me now that my boobs have deflated (laughs) um that i'm this whole ensemble will be i i feel i feel sexy i look forward to it i'm going to be joining you in that world of these underwear and hopefully one day a bra for everybody emily paris thank you so much for joining me today on g thanks thank you um, so I, fun. I will link to everything we talked about and um, we will also just let you guys know when Mother Mother goes live but uh, keep an eye out for that especially if you are a parent um, this is going to be a great podcast I'm so excited to listen and I really hope that you invite me <clears throat> hint hint not even a hint I will blatantly saying invite me on for the Lula Rich episode because I can't wait to talk about it some more and I uh, absolutely will. <laughs> perfect and we will see you guys actually before we go Emily let everyone know where they can follow you online oh um Instagram is the best place I am at that Emily Ferris 
That is the Easy. F-A-R-R-I-S. F-A-R-R-I-S. Amazing. And we will see you guys next week for another episode. 